When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, everyone. It's Jen and Jess from the beauty podcast, Fat Mascara, here to talk about Sol de Janeiro. So many of the beauty experts we interview on our show say that the key to great skin is to treat every inch of your body with the same attention you give your face. One of our favorite ways to do that is with Sol de Janeiro's Beige Flor Elastic Cream, a rich body cream that's clinically proven to boost collagen and has been shown to improve skin crepiness on the chest in just two weeks. Plus, it's scented with Sol de Janeiro's Charosta 68 fragrance. Sol de Janeiro is offering you 10% off your first order on soldejanero.com and free shipping with the code ACAST10. That's S-O- L-D-E-J-A-N-E-I-R-O soldajanero.com and use the code ACAST10 for 10% off. What's going on, everybody? It's your boy, sports and entertainment journalist, Brandon Scoop B. Robinson. And you know, I got to check out my girl Candace on Little Miss Entertainment. It's the way to be. It's a lifestyle. Support the homie. Deuce. You don't even have to like me, but you will respect me. Back to my Beyonce, back to my Beyonce, yes, my... The only thing that separates women of color from anyone else is opportunity. Hey, what's up, what's up, what's up, everybody? And you know what time it is. You're locked into the Little Miss Entertainment Show. I just want to thank all of my loyal listeners. You guys show so, so much support. You guys have been tweeting me. You have been commenting on the Instagrams. It makes me feel like all of the work that we are putting in does not go unnoticed. And all of our new followers, I see you guys out there. I appreciate all of you for telling a friend to tell a friend to tune into the Little Miss Entertainment Podcast. We could not do the show without all of your love and support. Make sure if you're new, follow me on all of my social media. That's at Little Miss ENT, L-I-L-M-I-S-S-E-N-T. It's short for Little Miss Entertainment and I keep it super simple for all of you. It is the same on everything. Snapchat, Instagram, Periscope, Twitter, whatever social media platform you can find me at Little Miss ENT, L-I-L-M-I-S-S-E-N-T. I am not going to hold up the show because we got a hot one for you today. This is a highly anticipated interview. You guys have been asking 
and I hear you in the comments. I swear I do. So I had to do it one time for the fellas because you know we are highlighting men that are doing big things. This guy has interviewed everybody in basketball from Jason Williams, LeBron James, Lonzo Ball, Kobe Bryant, and the list goes on. He has been featured on CNN, CBS, ESPN, Inside Stuff, and NBA TV. He is the editor and columnist of, and the host of Scoop B Radio. It is none other than Brandon Scoop B Robinson. Scoop B, say what's up to everybody. What's up to everybody? Ah. What's going on, everybody? How you doing? Good, good, good. Let me tell you, you. I don't know if you're the if you know this, but you're like the hottest thing jumping out the coffee pot. People love you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate that. Yes. I love people. I can tell. I can tell. <laughs> uh, you know, you have such a presence. You know, like you. when people talk about like celebrities and, you know, people that are in the entertainment industry, th th sometimes it can come off like, oh, when I met them, they were kind of cold. But when you meet Scoop, he is exactly what you think he is. He just has this big, bold presence. And I really, really appreciate that about you. Thank you, Mel. I'm glad to be on your show. Thank you for the opportunity. Thank you. So, you know, Scoop, I really like to just kind of start at the beginning because the essence of the Little Miss Entertainment Show, we really are all about telling really dope stories about really dope people. And I don't mm -hmm. think people get highlighted enough about their background. So I wanted to jump into the interview and just kind of get the, the let the listeners to get to know you a little better because we see the person on Instagram, but I like to get beyond the person on Instagram. So we're going to jump right in. And where did you grow up and what was your favorite sport growing up? Well, my friends and I, I went to undergrad in, in the Philadelphia area. My friend, my closest friend, Matt, likes to say I grew up in New Jersey because I legitimately spent split time between northern New Jersey and, and Harlem um, in the Bronx and all over. So um, I split time between both. My dad's from Jersey. My mom's from Harlem. Uh, my parents divorced when I was three. So um, definitely am tied to both sides of the river, the Hudson River. And um, what I like about that is you have the best of both worlds. Um, basketball was my um, favorite sport growing up. I had been around it since I was about five or six years old. Uh, my late uncle Billy introduced me to the gaming commissioner of, of parks at Riverbank State Park in, in Harlem. And he used to mentor and be around guys all the way from Stephon Marbury, Kenny Anderson, Jason Williams, Bernard King, et cetera. And, and just watching him around the game, uh, I, I fell in love with it. And, and I haven't looked back since. And, and, and also watched a ton of NBA on NBC. My stepfather's from Chicago. And uh, I was introduced to the game of basketball in 91 when a certain guy named Michael Jordan won his first championship. So wow. you know, the combination of my Uncle Billy and, and, and my stepfather introducing me to the game uh, is how I fell in love with the game of basketball. Now, I didn't want to assume, but I almost assumed that basketball was your first passion. It's one of my favorite games. I played basketball all the way up and through high school until I had a bad knee injury. So I am a hooper at heart and I do love how passionate you are about the game. How did you get into being a sports reporter? Um, well, I've always had a gift for gap. Um, 
as a, my mom said, I came out talking and uh, was in public speaking groups as a kid and, you know, fell in love with basketball. But um, essentially, I auditioned for um, a position uh, at Chelsea Pier in Manhattan. Uh, hundreds of kids were auditioning to be a personality um, and to do commercials with um, the Crash Dummies, the Crash Dummies that were doing the, 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 the seatbelt commercials. Oh, I back remember in the day. those commercials. Mm-hmm. Yes, ma'am. So I, I, I auditioned at Chelsea Pier, got a second callback at Dangerfield's Comedy Club and uh, was chosen from about seven or eight kids. And we did commercials with the Crash Dummies and we were, we did, um, you know, radio spots on the now defunct uh, Oswald Radio, which we recorded at the Liberty Science Center uh, in Jersey City, New Jersey. What ended up happening was um, the Nets were looking, were going through a rebranding period. Uh, they had drafted Keith Van Horn. John Calipari was the vice president of basketball operations as well as the head coach. And um, essentially, they they wanted a kid to, you know, be the personality of that show. And, you know, they called me and my mom. And we came in at the time. My baby sister, Candace, you guys share the same name, was in a stroller. And we were in, <laughs> in, in, in the Nets office. And, you know, that that's where I got my start. And I uh, haven't looked back since. And, and I watched a ton of 60 Minutes. That Bradley was my favorite journalist. Oh, my God. I used to watch 60 Minutes with my dad. That was like our thing. And when like the, mm-hmm. the little clock would like tick, 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 tick. I used to love 60 Minutes. 60 Minutes was my jam. So you yep. you were destined for greatness at a young age. Check you out. So now that, you know, we're talking about you getting this big break, you were in the commercials, you were doing some commentary, you were a vital part of Source Magazine. How instrumental was that for your journalism career? Well, I had finished grad school at Hofstra University in 2011, and before that, you know, graduated from Eastern University right outside of Philadelphia, and was looking for, you know, the next stop. And um, met some folks over at the New York Times, and you know were interested in uh, me writing for them. And you know they wanted to interview me for a position. And cool, one problem, they couldn't pay me. I could have walked away from that position and said, mm, nah. But something said stay, and I did. And um, it showed me how resilient I was because. I stayed there from like the fall of 2013 till the spring of 2015. And during that time, uh, creating a good body of work and, um, crowdfunded to go to new Orleans to the NBA all-star game in 2014. I grew up watching it as a kid, always wanted to be there. Uh, the source wasn't cutting any checks for anybody to fly out there. So I had to find a way to make money in like nine days. I raised $2,300 to growth, go fund me. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I was twenty three hundred dollars in nine days, and then uh, shortly after that, uh, was at a press conference that would kind of, kind of get the world to kind of be more introduced to me and my work. Was at a press conference when NBA Commissioner Adam Silver banned uh, former Clippers owner Donald Sterling from owning the team, and you know I got some TV time. I, I was I was the black guy in there with Cazelle, uh glasses on, and uh, <laughs> was asking Commissioner questions about you know the money and sponsorship and all that other stuff. And people mistook me for uh, Keenan Thompson from SNL. And Oh my gosh. The rest of history. <laughs> that is too funny. I never knew that the New York times was an association to the source. Is that the parent company? No, they just had a panel that day and, and source had it at the New York times. Oh, I got I you. I got right you. Place, right time. Right place at the right time. That's what's up. 
So you are well known. You've kind of created your own platform, Scoop B Radio. How did you kick that off? Well, you know, I was telling stories about uh, me as a kid and, you know, in high school, grade school, um, college. But, you know, in the digital landscape, where does that fit? So Scoopy Radio, although it's a podcast, it's really a time capsule. So you'll see interviews um, from me as a kid all the way to present day. Um, we've had some interviews that have gotten viral hits. Uh, we've had interviews with Too Short uh, who told us that um, – Jay-Z sampled Blow the Whistle as a recruiting tool to get LeBron James to sign with the then New Jersey Nets uh, during the free agency period when he was first a free agent. And um, it didn't work, but that kind of hit different outlets like Complex and Nets Daily, Up Rocks, New York Daily News, and a few other places. Uh, we, we've done interviews with Kenny the Jet Smith. Uh, when I asked him about uh, the idea that had Michael not retired uh, from the Chicago Bulls back in 94 after, you know, the first three-peat uh, with the Houston Rockets, uh, a team that Kenny was on, would they, would they still have won two championships? He said, oh, we would have beat them. And uh, that made its way, made its rounds, ESPN, The Jump, uh, Up Rocks, Bleacher Report, and a multitude of other places, Scoopy Radio. Last year, got two million downloads uh, from wow. subscribers, new and old, and you know, got some sponsorship and shout out to DJ Manny L, the producer of the show. And he and I have collaborated on a lot of good things, but uh, 2017 was a great year. It's only been running for about two years and a lot of uh, people have taken to it, got some sponsors from the Game Time app, uh, Wooter Apparel and a few other places. But um, definitely, definitely I'm just hard work and, and, and grind and can't stop, won't stop. You know, your hard work definitely doesn't go unnoticed. Like I said, for anybody out there, you must be under the rock if you don't know who Scoop B is. He is definitely an influencer and a social media presence. You have very close relationships with Karen Civil, DJ Envy, DJ Clue. How did you cultivate those those relationships, specifically with those three people? Well, I'll start with DJ Envy. Um, when I left the source uh, briefly for a period, I actually curated content on his uh, site, uh, EnvyTheDJ.com, and uh, kind of just goes with the territory. I, I met uh, a friend of mine named Tracia Laurel, uh, who, I, when I was in grad school at Hofstra, uh, she was my supervisor in the university relations office. I worked there for a summer, and uh, she's from Queens, and you know, Envy's from Queens and, you know, knows his whole team, Envy and uh, some of the other people that are there. But basically, uh, when I was transitioning from the source, managed Envy's site and, you know, kind of just um, build a good rapport, you know, whether, you know, talking with him or his team or, you know, on on my side of things, covering different events, you know, Rock Nation celebrity basketball game and, you know, various things, just running into him in the street. The more and more you're out there, the more and more you just build a rapport and, that was the the envy side of it, and obviously um, he's been a guest on Scoopy Radio. I went up to uh, Breakfast Club and uh, the studio at, at Power 105 and, and, and New York, and, and did an interview with him and did well. Um, as far as Clue, Clue is one of my favorite DJs. Um, just again being out in the street and uh, knowing some of the same people, you know, just over time. And I had ran into Clue actually uh, Karen Civil Day last year. I said, man. We see each other all the time. I really want to get you on my podcast. It took about a year for us to finally sit down and get it done. But, again, went over to Power 105 over the summer and able to sit down and interview. And as far as Karen, funny thing is, Karen and I, uh, Karen Civil actually 
we met via Twitter at first. So what happened was, oh wow, at the time when I'm at the source, uh, <laughs> I I spent many a late nights. Uh, I had the passwords and everything, and basically I sent her a DM through Twitter's account and said, hey. I'll write, I would love to write a feature on you. Uh, can you send me an email? And she said, man, somebody was doing a feature on me and they never did it. I said, well, they're not me. So she gave me her email. We talked on our own and, uh, you know, corresponded through email. And, 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 you know, we did a phone interview. And what ended up happening was um, shortly thereafter, this was in 2015, what happened was um, I've written a lot about extensively about the Chicago hip-hop scene. Um, mm-hmm. And at the time, someone was putting together a panel and uh, they were looking for a moderator, and basically they just wanted me to write about it. I said, hey, instead of me writing about it, I'll do that as well, but why don't you fly me to Chicago so I can moderate the panel? So Dope. what happened was the night before, there was this uh, there was this concert at UIC Center and UIC Pavilion in Chicago, and um, Karen, Meek Mill was performing, Jeezy was performing, and I know Karen has done some social media and other branding stuff with them. Uh, I was backstage at the concert, and, and, and I was um, talking to somebody. I said, hey, Karen, back there? They go, yeah, who are you? I said, uh, Brandon. So, um, you know, I'm back here. So she walked out, and we met in the hallway, and she's like, oh, my God. It was like, And that was kind of just the beginning, 2015. And, you know, I, I, she and I correspond. We talk. And then, you know, she has a Karen civil day. I stopped by, and, you know, we talk, and, and, and I'm happy for her success. You know, two tall people trying to make it happen in this, in this busy world. And, and um happy for her success and uh, she keeps doing her thing. Yeah, Karen Civil is definitely somebody that I look up to. I actually, I always have followed her. I read her book and we were going to A3C the first year that they had A3C in Atlanta. We made it a very, you know, we were like, we've got to go to this. There's going to be so many influential people and um, her and some other women and Combat Jack's wife at the time um, was speaking on a panel and it was all about women in media. And I remember, I'll never forget this. So many people lined up to meet Karen and wanted to take a picture. And I was kind of in the back of the line and she was like bombarded with people and she had her security with her and she pointed right at me. And she was like, this girl's been waiting so patiently, you know, after her, I'll, you know, we'll, we'll stop the line. And when I got up to her, I just was like, thank you. Like you didn't have to do that. And she just was like, it was something about you. Like I knew that you had like a positive presence and I wanted to be able to talk to you. And she just says every time from going to Atlanta and then we went to the Karen civil day, the first one and the second one we missed this year because we were traveling somewhere Mm -hmm. else. She has just always been a very positive, influential person. And, you know, I really appreciate that. Like you said, I mean, she might not know me personally, but we've spoken a couple of times and every time she has something great to say, just something encouraging. And I really appreciate that about her. She's so she is who you who she is on social media. And what, what you see with Karen, that's how she is. And I really appreciate that about her. Surely, surely, for sure. You know, you talked a little bit about um, some of the things that you did as a child. And I just wanted to go back really quickly. Now, were you on the were you on actual um, the NBA inside Rashad, um, Amada Rashad? Were you on there as a host? No, I was featured. So the show that I that I co-hosted was a show called 
Net Flaming Planet, uh, which was a show that uh, co-hosted with Lynn Wilson uh, and former Net Albert King. Uh, I played for the 76ers as well. Uh, guy out of Brooklyn, uh, Bernard King's brother. So basically, oh, and then I, and then later on, Evan Roberts, who's now personality at Sports Radio 66 WFAN, he had the show with uh, uh, Joe and Evan on Sports Radio 66 WFAN. So um, the show uh, was a hit because uh, it was a young kid co-hosting it, and you know it was it was something new. The Nets had a new logo at the time, and you know, a new coach, a team on the floor. At the time, it was like Sam Cassell, Kendall Gill, Jason Williams, Keith Van Horn, Sherman Douglas, et cetera, mm-hmm. et cetera. So, um, basically, the show was a, they did a feature on it. You know, NBA Inside Stuff is like a, a kid's public access. Yep, I used to love that show. Yeah, because you had the mind going, and rewind, <laughs> and everybody was his main man. Yep, yep. <laughs> So, you know, Nets, the Nets at the time, um, Chris Carino and Amy Shear were the producer and executive producer of the show. And Chris Carino is actually the voice of the Nets now uh, on, uh, I think it's uh, CBS Radio, it's not CBS WFM. But, but in any case, um, they did a feature on it. And, you know, the NBA Entertainment came out and taped me, you know, interacting with the players and you know, doing interviews in the studio and, you know, just following me around the arena. And... I, I never told this, but I thought it was cool because, like, I had a camera guy following me around everywhere. So because I knew it, like, I would run in the hallway and the camera guy would run after me. It was kind of funny. <laughs> yeah. but, like, but, I mean, it was cool. And then they, it, you know, they cut it up and it ended up doing a feature. I'll never forget it was, like, Thanksgiving weekend. And uh, so all my friends at school, they were like, I was like yo, make sure you watch uh, Channel 4 because I'm going to be on. And they were like, you're lying. Like, watch. When I came back to school, they were like, you were a lion. But, um, <laughs> It, it was it was it was dope and it was cool because you know after the sh- even after I taped the show like Ahmad and at the time Willow Bay they had invited me to come to the studio one day and you know doing it you know meet him and you know sit on the set and ended up interviewing Ahmad after and you know it was a really fun experience and uh, something I'll never forget and what was kind of cool about the whole situation is the day that they were taping me it might be taboo to say but at the time um, Bill Cosby was a uh, minority owner of, of the Nets and he was in the locker room and I, I oh, met him wow. then, you know grow, growing up everybody thought they were Cosby kids so like I'm in the locker room I never met him before talking and you know I have some footage of just the whole conversation we have but one of the things he said to me is you know you might not understand this now but you know when you get older take have fun because you know you're innocent but when you get older you know take advantage and cherish these opportunities that you have when you're young. Cause when you get older, you know, things change, people change and people don't necessarily love you for you. They like what you can do for them or they love you just because of what you do. So, you know, he offered me some solid advice and, you know, I took it. And what's interesting about this situation now is as I'm older. I actually met a young kid um, who was me when I was a kid. Really? And he's a young, and he, and he does stuff with like junior NBA and he's everywhere all over all star you know, also weekends he's around and, and be drafts, et cetera, et cetera. And all the young guys are, you know, the young players are taken to him. So, you know, I, I run into him every now and then. Shout out to my guy, uh, Max Bonsetter. He's doing this thing right now. But yeah, so I, I ran into him a couple of years ago at the NBA draft. And, you know, we, we stay in touch. We talk. We like each other's pictures, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, it's, it's funny. You know, the higher the elevator goes up, it's your responsibility to sit it back down. I look oh, at him and like, I Man, love that, that quote. I love that yeah. quote. That is so, so true. You know, one thing I wanted to, while you're talking about 
all your experiences as a child, it seems like your mom was very supportive. How influential was your mom in kind of helping you jumpstart your career? Well, for sure, it took a village. It wasn't just my mom. It was, you know, it was my, my, my stepfather. It was, <clears throat> excuse me, it was my late Nana. It was my uncles. It was, you know, it, it was my aunts. It was, it, it, it was my church family. It was, you know, it was, a, it was, a, it took a village. And, um, you know, my mom saw something in me and, 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 and channel it the right way. You know, if it wasn't public speaking groups, it was it was swimming. If it wasn't swimming or public speaking, it was basketball. If it wasn't that, it was tennis. It was soccer. It was baseball. It was, you know, all these different things that culminated into something and it all channeled into what my passion is. I can talk about basketball all day, but you also have to be able to enunciate and pronunciate and, you know, bat your eyes and cross your teeth. So, um, my mom and my mom found the the thing that was that was interesting and and, and found a way to, to channel that energy and get me in it and you know I'm still here so you know <laughs> her as well as my stepfather did something right yeah no you know I I'm very passionate about what you exactly said as the elevator goes up you got to send it back down I'm always talking about how we have to pull one another up and that really does start with the kids like if we as adults don't show them the way of how we got to where we're at. We're doing a disservice to the community. And I really like that you said that because I think that's such an important message for everybody to hear because there's not as many opportunities. It seemed like when we were growing up, it was pal league, bitty league. You know, it was drama clubs on the weekend or the church would have a play and you could be inside the play. Like it's not as many outlets free outlets for children to do as it was when we were growing up. And I see that there's a void in that. And I try as much as possible to try to kind of fill that void. And it seems like sure. you, you have some great sound, solid advice. And just like you mentioned the young boy, I'm sorry, I didn't catch his name um, that you said. He's kind of Max. Like Max. He's the kind of the, the you and you keep up with him. I think that's so important that we encourage young people to follow their dreams and, and kind of go after their passions. It just seemed like you had such a solid background to get you where you're at today. And somebody saw something in you. And I think that's really important. I'm glad that you got an opportunity to highlight that. Um, yes, so just, I mean, guys, if you haven't seen Brandon, AKA scoop on his Instagram, he is everywhere that you should be at literally. And so I, I was, you know, Instagram stalking a little bit, kind of halfway hating but you went to thailand how was that yeah it was fun i went to thailand for 15 days and um really just cleared my mind and just preparing myself for 2018 and um it was fun the food was good the american to foreign currency ratio was to my liking you know, 33 <laughs> baht to one u.s dollar pretty dope um yeah you probably were living, the, living like a king out there yeah it was when i got off the jfk uh, airport i was like uh i'm not impressed i felt like coming to america but um <laughs> i um you know it was really a good time and one of the cool things about my trip was uh you know I, growing up i was a big street fighter 2 fan and um i actually learned about thailand from from playing uh uh, Street Fighter 2 and Sagat and Bison were both from Thailand. And if you watch um, that game, what you'll find um, 
in that game is that Sagat fights at a stage in front of a statue. And the statue is the Temple of the Reclining Buddha, which is found at Wat Po. And so on Instagram, I had put a side-by-side picture. I actually took a picture in front of uh, the, the uh, Reclining Buddha and then put it next to Sagat, you know, and his fighting stage. And I thought it was pretty cool that I was able to do that and, and was able to connect that to something that was in my childhood that I learned. So uh, that was a rewarding moment. And, you know, I enjoyed Pad Thai. I enjoyed the beach over in Hua Hen. And um, honestly, I just enjoyed sleep. Like I, I'm, I came back really, really refreshed and I'm still jet lagged like crazy. Like I was at my grandmother's <laughs> house yesterday. And, like, I went to go visit her, and I fell asleep at, like, 5 o'clock at night, like, in front of um, Channel 7 Eyewitness News. And I'm like, I woke up at, like, 1 o'clock. And I was like, what's going on? Yeah. And so I have not been back to sleep yet. I oh, no. I stayed up <laughs> all from, from 1 o'clock in the morning to now as we're doing this interview because I want to reset my clock. No, I feel you. I went to um, South Africa. It's going on two years now. And we went for 10 days. And when I got back, I don't know why I did this. I had like a big, important meeting at work. And I literally was like so messed up. I was like, I didn't even know what day it is. When when you get back from that international travel, you need like two or three days to reset your clock because it's insane. So I'm on I'm on day four, so hopefully that changes soon. And I'm hoping that, you know, me staying up will we'll start that process. No, totally, totally. So you look like you're an avid traveler. Where is your next destination that you would love to go to travel? Or if you have a travel destination already planned, where's the next trip to? Um, I'm looking at Australia and Italy. Nice. For sure. Nice. Um, locally, I've got some running around to do for work. I'll be in LA next month for me all start weekend, and and I'll actually be at Ohio University in March, uh, speaking out that way uh, at the university. I'm excited about that. So you're the first person I've said that publicly to or on the show, but yeah, I'll be speaking at Ohio University in March, and looking forward to speaking to the kids at the university over there. But um, you know, I love a good exclusive. <laughs> yes, I love it. So that that you answered one of my questions, which I would almost assume, but I don't like to assume without asking. So you're heading to um, All Star Weekend in L.A., which I think is amazing that it's in L.A. How do you feel about the new format with the two captains from the conference and then they get to pick from the player pool? How do you feel about the new format? It's like playing a pickup basketball game and and when you – you got that in the gym, you know, you shoot for captains and then they get to pick who it is. It's a little weird. I don't want to be a killjoy and say it's whack, but it's whack. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we can be truthful here on the little miss entertainment show. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a bit whack, but I mean, I think at the end of the day, um, you're trying to draw in the younger audience who doesn't relate to the NBA logo being on the shoulder sleeve of a jersey and the logo, and the logo being on the socks and it's black or white socks. So, you know, you're appealing to that demographic and I guess, you know, you're trying to get those ratings up. I think they should put that same energy into trying to make the NBA slam dunk contest a little bit more competitive, but that's a different story for a different day. Um, but, you know, I guess they're trying something different. 
I'm glad that Joel Embiid has become an all-star. He's uh, had a good season and pretty much healthy this, this season. I am disappointed that Paul George uh, was not voted in or was not a sub. Um, but, you know, I, I think at the end of the day, I, I think a Los Angeles all-star game will draw a crowd far and near. And mm-hmm. I've never been to L.A., so I'm excited to be out that way. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I do. I think it's an interesting way to do it because, like, I don't know when are they going to announce who gets picked? Uh, do, do you know like when they're going to announce like who who's picking who? They did it yesterday. Oh, I missed it. Okay, <laughs> sorry guys, I missed it. <laughs> That's all good. So yeah, I mean that that is definitely interesting. Like you said, I just feel like the I I used to I went to the All Star when it was in Philadelphia, and I was I think <laughs> still in high school, and the mass yeah. hype around like the all-star game and all like the picnics and stuff that they did around Philadelphia in the city. Like it was just so crazy. And I just don't get that same energy and vibe from the all-star anymore. Now, granted, I've only gone to the one that was in Philadelphia. I don't travel from city to city to go to them, but I, I do also think that it's a little different from when I was growing up and how fanatical kids would be about seeing a whole basketball team versus today kids are very uh player loyal they're, if they're, the kid is a LeBron fan he's just a LeBron fan right but like back in the day people used to have a team like if you were a Bulls fan you were a Bulls fan you love Michael but you love the entire Bulls team so it's just a little different do you do you have that same feeling well it's interesting because I like I told you I I fell in love with basketball in 91, um, and I liked Michael. Obviously, I like Scotty. I like Horace, and Horace is an alum of the Scoopy Radio uh, podcast as well. Make sure to subscribe it on iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn, App, Stitcher App, et cetera. Shameless plug. But um, I think that when Michael left, I liked Shaq and the Orlando Magic for a little while. Mm-hmm. Um, and Scotty was cool, but he wasn't Michael. You know, he almost took them to the finals. Uh-huh. Uh, and then I went through a phase where, you know, the first NBA game I ever went to was a Knicks game. So, you know, I went through a stage where I liked the Knicks, you know. And then I think the 90s kind of um, ushered in that superstardom uh, with players where a lot of people were stars. You know, every team had at least one star, not three stars. Mm-hmm. I think – but I think with the boom of social media – um, technological determinism and just uh, the internet, I think. And I think the NBA thirsty for another star. Like, you know, Michael Usher gave the baton to really Tim Duncan. Tim Duncan and Shaq kind of carried that torch. And in between that was Kobe and, and Iverson. And, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and Kobe gave that torch to LeBron kind of while he was still playing yeah. towards the end of his career. But I think after Michael retired, it, it really took a lot for people to be interested into that game again. And I think that that individualism is just something that is driven home. You look at the 90s and the 2000s, even in baseball, guys like King Griffey Jr., guys like A-Rod. And then you look at football, guys like Steve Young, Michael Vick, mm-hmm. uh, Terrell Owens. You know, these guys were specialized players. You look at movies like... You know, any given Sunday, you look at movies like He Got Game, they focus so much on the player. Yeah. So I just think that society, it, 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 as much as it is, you know, I think that team concept is an old school way of thinking. 
Because if I look at my closet, I have a ton of starter jackets from different teams. <laughs> I think, and, and and I also blame Fabulous and Mitchell and Ness because you know Fabulous made that song "Throwback This, Throwback That." Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think it's just society, fashion, and, and, and social media. No, I agree. I agree a hundred percent. Um, I I've seen recently that you got to meet Lazan. Lonzo Ball, <laughs> tongue tied here. Sorry, Lonzo Ball, and the entire Ball family. Do you think Lonzo is living up to his hype? I think it's still very early. I think um, I think LeBron James set the bar high uh, for rookie uh, rookies with that garner a lot of attention from the minute that they step on an NBA court. Um, I say that because not even Kobe Bryant, Tracy McGrady, or Jermaine O'Neal uh, played to their potential coming right out the gate. LeBron did, mm-hmm. you know, in an exhibition in an exhibition game against the Sacramento Kings. LeBron dunked on Doug Christie. Um, when LeBron, when I was going to, you know, my my fourth period English class as a as a senior at Don Bosco Prep High School, uh, LeBron James, a senior at St. Vincent St. Mary High School. Uh, was signing a ninety million dollar Nike contract with with well a Nike contract, and I'm saying that to say I, I think those expectations have been put on Lonzo because fairly or unfairly, um, his father does talk a lot, mm-hmm. and I I think um, that works for Lonzo, who's quiet. You know, I I, I think that uh, it's still very early. I think the comparisons to Jason Kidd are easy to make. Because he's team high yellow, but he also is a pass first point guard. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I also think he has a lot more help than a LeBron did early in his career in Cleveland and, and that a Jason Kidd had. I mean, well, I mean, in Jason Kidd's case, he, he was growing with a young Jamal Mashburn and Jimmy Jackson, but, you know, Lonzo was playing with Julius Randle. He, he's playing with uh, a Brandon Ingram, and, and he's got a, an NBA champion and a head coach in Luke Walton. But I, I think anytime. You have the pressure of, of living up to an expectation to not just society, but your dad. And you're also playing in Tinseltown, a.k.a. L.A. That's a lot of pressure, but I think um, I think he'll be all right. Yeah, I think he's a talented player. I really do. Obviously, he's talented. He wouldn't have got drafted into the league. I think you made some really valid points that – you know, when your father is such a big personality and the bar has been set, the expectation for rookie years have been set so high by a player like Le- Le- by a player like LeBron, it really everything is like almost anticlimactic when somebody doesn't have a good game. They're like, oh, well, we knew he wasn't going to do good. And it's kind of like, well, no, like everybody's not a superhuman like LeBron James. So. Um, I haven't given up hope on him yet. I'm interested and uh, I am fascinated to see where his career goes. Uh, We were talking a little bit about his dad and um, his dad has been very vocal about um, his opinions about how college basketball is set up. And he wants to create an outlet for high school players that necessarily do that do not necessarily want to take that collegiate um, career. How do you feel about his thoughts on having kind of a a pre uh, pro league? Well, I'll, I'll answer that, but I, I want to. 
at, at, at recording time, um, the Lakers have been seven and three in the, of their last ten. And I just want to go on record, and, and I've said this throughout the you know the summer before the season started. Uh, the Lakers have a legitimate chance um, to make it to the NBA playoffs, um, and I think that. Lonzo Ball will take his team to the first round um, this this playoff season, and I think that will kind of shut up the critics um, who, who have questioned his heart and questioned Luke Walton, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but to your point to his father, um, I often say to people that he is the modern-day Sonny Vaccaro. Are you familiar with Sonny Vaccaro? No, I'm not familiar. So Sonny Vaccaro was um, the guy responsible for getting Michael Jordan to sign with Nike um, because before he signed with Nike, uh, it was believed that Michael was going to sign with Converse. He wore Converse when he was in North Carolina. Uh, and Sonny Vaccaro was a deal maker, as a kingmaker. Um, so there's a there's a documentary that was 30 for 30 done on him by ESPN called Sneaker Pimps, and it was about him. And so... Um, he was an influencer in getting people to sign with certain companies. He got, you know, Trace McGrady, Tim Thomas, uh, Kobe Bryant, Kevin Garnett to sign with Adidas. Um, and he also um, was responsible for getting Brandon Jennings to go overseas in Italy to, to play and buck the NCAA mandated, or rather the NBA's mandated that you have to do one year uh, in college or overseas before you can uh, play in the NBA. You have to be 19 years old and one year removed from your high school graduating class. Mm-hmm. He also advised Ed O'Bannon to sue EA Sports for copyright infringement and using his likeness in the game. Wow. Um, he's a, and so Sonny Vaccaro is, a, is an important part to history. In basketball, he also had the famed um, uh, camp, uh, AAU camp, which slips my mind right now because I have it had my evening coffee, but as I'm stalling, I will say that um, I think that for Lonzo Ball, Lonzo Ball is challenging the system because I think for a lot of people, you know, they don't want to see young black men make money. Mm. And so if it's about the education or it's about the money, I think he gives an alternative. Um, And I think that for Sonny, excuse me, for, for, for LeVar Ball, if he was less loud, I think people would have less to say about it. Mm-hmm. But I think because he's loud and because he challenges the system and he's about brand, I think people give him a hard time. And, um, you know, I, I think that it's, I think that for him, he's pimping the system the same way that the system's been pimping a lot of people forever. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think he's loud. He's living on his own terms. And people have a problem with it. And the name of the camp that Sonny Vaccaro ran was ABCD Camp. Um, not, and then also with his um, Thirty for Thirty film, um, his Thirty for Thirty film um, basically talked about um, the thirteen billion dollar um, sneaker industry that it is, and it's actually called Soul Man, not Sneaker Pets, it's Soul Man. And it, and it goes back into history, so I just wanted to clarify that. But as far as you know, Lavar Ball is concerned. I think creating a high school system, I think it's ambitious. A lot of people don't think he's it's going to work. Um, I want to see him get it off the ground, you know. And as far as just his sons, as far as that goes, everybody knows the Lamelo ball was good. You know, he scored 101 points in the game, but there was no defense being played. But most of these kids don't play defense anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's it's. I'm glad to see that his sons are playing well together overseas. 
Um, as far as Jello was concerned, let's not forget the reason why Jello was overseas is because he was stealing, and stealing is wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, he got caught. But I also do think that at UCLA, he wasn't going to play. And it reminds me so much of Brandon Jennings. Um, you know, he was going to the University of Arizona. He didn't go because of his grades. So because of his grades, his SAT scores, rather, and he went and, and rather than sit and just wait and all that other stuff, he went to Italy and played against grown men. So not only do you get authentic pasta, you get cheaper Gucci belts. you challenged every <laughs> night. <laughs> you, you, you're challenged every night against grown men, and I see the same thing happening with LaMelo Ball and, 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 um, and, and his brother, Leangelo. Mm-hmm. So I gave you a long-form answer, but uh, I think that was needed to answer your question. No, I appreciate that answer. And, you know, I really honestly, I, I agree 100%. I feel like right now, LeVar Ball is getting looked at as, I hate to say it, but quote-unquote the crazy black man when he really isn't. He's just boisterous and we should appreciate people that voice their opinions and their thoughts and their ideas and they're spirited and passionate about what they believe in. You know, I wanted to ask you kind of as a follow up, do you think if let's just say that that does happen, he gets his league um, off the ground. Do you think that will make colleges kind to reconsider maybe giving the the players a stipend or some type of monetary um, compensation for their time being played because as we all know it's a multi-million dollar business that these collegiate teams bring into these universities and colleges do you think they'll change that in any way I think colleges were already considering that notion as it is uh, whether it it goes through and not with uh, LeVar but I think um, in the case of, I guess, college kids playing, colleges are making billions of dollars off of them already. The coaches are, in some cases, are the highest paid uh, workers in the state. Um, and you're making, you know, these kids just get a scholarship and, you know, you have a room and board and, and, and food, but you know, I've gone to school at a. I went to uh, I went to grad school at, the, at a Division One school, and I've been in the lunchroom with guys where they ran out of meal points at the end of the um, semester, and they're like, "Yo, you got any swipes left?" Yeah, you know, and, and they can't call home. I'm not I'm not throwing a pity party. I mean, you can find a cute girl that likes you to swipe the card, but <laughs> the card, but at the same time, like, but those guys shouldn't be home. living like that. They should they shouldn't have no. to be living like that. Mm-mm. No. So, you know, in answer to your question, I, I think that more should be offered um, to the students than just a scholarship and, a, you know, some dollars for um, books because I'm going on Amazon. I just bought um, <laughs> I bought Michael Eric Dyson's Holler If You Hear Me for $2 off Amazon. And the only reason why it was $10 is because I wanted to expedite the shipping, you know, so... <laughs> I'm trying to find a way to, to 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 get more money off those, you know, the, the the money for books if I can, you know, just to save a couple of dollars. You know, get some Uber Eats and call it a night. No, but, I you know, feel you. 
I just started using Uber Eats this week, so I'm like, I'm like, yo, this is cool. You can get McDonald's and 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 Popeyes right to your door over the Dunkin'. So don't mind me, but let me tell you, know, you that's I, clutch in New York because, like, even going to Popeyes, you either go through the drive-through or you ride around the block thirty times trying to find a parking spot. The, the Uber Eats is that's just a genius idea. Whoever thought of that. <laughs> Who would have thunk it? Uber is a is the is a billion dollar car service. They own no cars, and now they have food delivery service, and they're not making food or have a kitchen. It's insane. It's 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 those little ideas that make people billionaires. Mm-hmm. Speaking of billionaires, let's switch gears a little bit. So this is a burning question that all sports fans have. So in um in a few months. LeBron will become a free agent. Does he stay in Cleveland? What are your thoughts no. on that? Nope. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. So where do you think he goes? Um, I've been saying it for the last couple of years. Um, don't sleep on a return to Miami. Uh, mm. I think Miami. Uh, I said this about Cleveland, you know, that line with, with uh, Jay. I was just hollering at those girls. I was going to get right back. That was the case in Cleveland. <laughs> and he won a championship. And, you know, he's chasing another one this year. And, you know, every LeBron team breaks down after a while, you know, and you have to be told. Kevin Love is looking more like Chris Bosh every day. Mm. And, mm. Uh, <laughs> you know, it, it's, I think, going to Miami and um, – where he's won more championships and, you know, fixing his relationship with Pat Riley and Spolstra and, you know, he scores the he scored you know, he scored thirty thousand points the other day. Most of his points that he scored were under were with the Heat under head coach Eric Spolstra. Mm. You know, so don't sleep on on that notion. But you know, obviously Los Angeles Lakers is, is appealing because, you know, they don't have enough cap space to get Paul George or Nello to come or, you know, what have you. But um, Houston is also an attractive option. You, you know, you have Chris Paul, you have James Harden. Chris uh, James Harden is the league leader in points right now. I think he averages about 31.4 points per game, I believe. Mm-hmm. Chris Paul is playing well. And, you know, you have complimentary pieces in Eric Gordon. And every LeBron James team needs a center that can stretch the floor for many years. It was Judas Sogaskis in both Miami and Cleveland. And, uh, there's a guy out in in, in um in um, Houston and Ryan Anderson who can stretch the floor and shoot threes. So, you know, those are that's an option as well. Um, and then recently, uh, Stephen A. Smith reported that uh, Dan Gilbert, owner of the Cleveland Cavaliers, is considering selling the team. So you you look at those options as, as well. You know, he has a guy a commitment from LeBron as to whether he's staying. And there's a reason why Kyrie Irving requested a trade. To, out of Cleveland because he wasn't going to mortgage his future on you know possibilities with LeBron. So I think the next chapter in LeBron's life is is deciding what he wants to do next. If he goes to a Western Conference team, he won't have to face a Golden State Warriors team in the in the NBA Finals. You no, know, I'm sure he's looking at that option. But you know, wow, that's a good Miami. way to look at it, though. Mm-hmm. And don't sleep on the possibility that maybe you know he and Greg Popovich might have some chemistry. Mm-hmm. You know they have a Lamarcus Aldridge there. They have Patty Mills a point guard. You got to figure out what you're going to do with Kawhi Leonard. And 
But I, I think LeBron at this point is, is thinking about preserving his legs. He owns a residence in Brentwood, California, and, you know, the Lakers are the popular pick, but I wouldn't sleep on a return to Miami as well as a potential uh, Houston Rockets pairing with Chris Paul and, and James Harden. I like it. I like all those predictions. I'm excited um, to see where he goes. I've been a LeBron fan. Like I said earlier, I played basketball, and I'll never forget, we were in a Boo Williams tournament in um, Durham, North Carolina, and, um, you know, it's tournament style, so we the, the team that's coming on next has to, like, sit on the sideline, and then you get right on, and you start playing, and I'll never forget, the place went crazy. They're like, that's that kid LeBron, and he walked, like, right past us, and that was my, like, LeBron James moment. I was like, oh, I'm, I seen LeBron James. It was a pretty cool day uh, playing AAU basketball. But, um, you know, so we, while, we're, while we're on the different conferences and talking about, you know, potentially a LeBron trade, so we got Boston, Toronto, and Cleveland in the top three in the East, and then Golden State, Houston, and Minnesota, the top three in the West. Who do you think will win each conference and then ultimately meet up in the championship? Oh, uh, you look at a. Uh, I started the Eastern Conference since we are East Coast representers. Um, Boston has held the one seed throughout the season, um, but they haven't really been, in my opinion, tested yet. Um, they've gone against Cleveland twice. They've gone one. Both teams have gone one and one in their in their meetings this season. Um, Toronto was always an interesting uh, pairing against Cleveland, but I think uh, Cleveland still has a better team. And, you know, even a Washington Wizards team, you know, they, those at times they can play tough, and at times you want to throw them through a brick wall. Uh, but ultimately, Cleveland to me is intriguing because they're not a finished product. While Boston has gone without Gordon Hayward since the first game and went on an incredible uh, winning streak to start the season, there still are some holes. Um, Jason Tatum has played out of his mind. Uh, Jalen Brown has been a great complimentary piece. Rozier has played well, and Brad Stevens always finds a way to get the most out of his players. Uh, but the, the great comedian Chris Rock always said, if I'm dating a woman, I don't just want a perfect woman. I want a woman who's been through some things. I want a woman that has some bullet holes in her legs and her stomach. <laughs> and, Cle- and Cleveland has that. You know, I, I like the addition of Jay Crowder, defensively and offensively. Um, I, I, LeBron is going to always be LeBron. And, you know, at, at time of recording, Isaiah Thomas has only played about eight or nine games, so he's got to find his legs and, and, and fit into uh, the Cavs' system. Kevin Love has to fit in with Isaiah Thomas and LeBron. Ishmael Shumpert has to get healthy. Derrick Rose has to get healthy. But mm-hmm. These LeBron James teams are always going through that right before the All-Star break. So none of this surprises me. Um, but, you know, the Cavs, uh, at time of recording, are 3-7 and seven of their last 10. And, you know, on a two-game losing streak, losing one to uh, both the OKC Thunder and, and the San Antonio Spurs. But, I mean, the Thunder scored 148 points on them, but they were due because Melo and, and, and Westbrook and Paul George had to figure things out. But um, I, I still have a Cleveland Cavaliers team um, getting themselves together. Taking a cursory look at the Eastern Conference, 
realistically the only threat in that Eastern Conference to the Cavaliers, you know, at least on paper and just personnel, is 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 the Boston Celtics. And in a seven game series, it'll be tight. But I still have Cleveland um, edging Boston in the conference finals. Okay, okay. Your pick for the West. Mm. It's going to be interesting to see uh, what happens uh, with the Warriors. While everybody thinks that the Warriors are a surefire pick and what have you, I like Houston, man. And I think the more than anything, Paul George, excuse me, not Paul George, Chris Paul has something to prove. You know, going our excuses for, you know, not being successful on a Los Angeles Clippers team, the time is now. You know, he's got help with. James Harden, you know. Yeah, he looks super hungry. He look he looks like he's going into every game ready for war. Chris Paul does have something to prove. He he is not that. I forget who they were playing. That um, oh man, it was like a crazy game that just re, that, they played the Warriors the, Saturday. Yes, yes, yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You no, know, the Warriors are eight and two in their last ten and. I like the fact that the Golden State Warriors have performed so well on the road. They've bought, they won more games on the road than they won at home. And um, even without Steph Curry during stretches of the season, you know, Kevin Durant has kind of found himself out. My buddy over at TNT, Roz Golden-Woo, they said to me uh, that Andre Iguodala told her in year one it was about guys getting themselves together and just finding their identity in year two, <laughs> honestly, they're more of a threat because they know what each other brings to the table. So it was like going to another level and you're seeing that other level while Steph Curry's been out, you know, guys are getting texts, guys are, 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 are drawing at the refs, but they're still getting their work done. It's the epitome of the ADD kid who gets on honor roll, but well, gets the grades for honor roll. But you know his behavior numbers keep him off honor roll. Mm-hmm. You gotta be, you gotta behave. So they're they're kind of one of those ADD kids. I was one of those kids, so that's <laughs> why I, so I can speak firsthand account of it. But um, I, I think that um, you know the Golden State Warriors are a team that I, I think um, this year they're kind of the underdog because everybody's on the. Houston Rockets bandwagon. I, I, I'm still going to go with the Warriors in the Western Conference, despite uh, the flavor of the month that is the Rockets. I like in the Eastern it. Conference, you have the Celtics that are the flavor of the month, but Cleveland is still J-Lo in 2018. Fine wine, <laughs> getting better with time. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So I made this section especially for you and this is such a good segue i got a couple of rapid fire questions so it'll be like pink or blue and you pick which one you want okay okay you ready okay all right yes steph curry or lebron lebron 2002 lakers or 96 bulls 96 bulls 2015 Golden State Warriors or 96 Bulls? 96 Bulls. Okay. Charles Barkley or Shaq? On TV or on the court? On the court. (laughs) Charles Barkley. Okay. On TV? 
Shaq. Oh, okay, okay. Okay, pardon the interruption or the six? Pardon the interruption. Okay, final question, very important. Nas or Jay-Z? Uh-huh. It's your boy, Young. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. Oh, man. Well, Scoop, you are um, very fashionable, and I just wanted to highlight that. Where do you get your fashion sense from? <clears throat> um, I made it up in my head. Um, where do I get my fashion from? <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. Um, when I finished grad school and was figuring out what's next, I was paying rent in the living in the basement apartment of my grandmother's house from 2011 to 2015. Didn't make a ton of money, was freelancing here, freelancing there, had an EBT card in my back pocket. and <laughs> I love it. <laughs> You know, the more visible you get, the more companies tend to send you free things. So um, bow ties became a thing. And, you know, I ended up like getting a few complimentary bow ties and then, you know, connecting with uh, a buddy of mine uh, who owns a company called Shep Crafted. And, you know, I actually pay for those bow ties. I, I believe it's supporting black business. And, I love um, it. Most of the bow ties that I wear are chef crafted. I, I come up with a design. I'm like, yo, I want this. And he creates it. Um, as far as uh, suits and stuff like that, you know, certain stuff that I've had already from high school all the way to down, I've pretty much been the same size since junior, senior year of high school. Um, but also other people adding pieces, Michael Duru, um, clothiers and in, in, in uh, Shrewsbury, New Jersey, they've been very um, supportive and making me custom stuff, sending me things, and you know, Adidas sending me sneakers, Starter being a brand apparent, brand ambassador, Starter and Adidas, and all those different people. So, I haven't bought a pair of sneakers in five years, to be honest with you. But to be honest with you, just fashion sense comes from people that I've seen growing up. My my late uncle Kevin was, you know, somebody that you know I, I really uh, looked up to, and you know, even as a kid, I didn't mention my family owned a sneaker store in Harlem on High Street. So for me. Um, I grew up seeing different people and different celebrities coming in and, and, and be kind of emulating the people that I saw, you know, and I just think creating your own flair is something that's cool. You know, if you see me in a suit, you see me with the nerd glasses on with, you know, I saw somebody wearing them and I was like, Oh, I'm going to make it my own style. So nerd glass, bow ties, and socks, socks is something I really enjoy too. So just creating my own style and, and just being different. I think that's so important. Who wants to be the same? Like, that's why you. when you buy when you when you buy trading cards, you buy the, you when you get those that pack of cards and you get the inserts. The inserts are the one of one of five. You know, you want to be an insert. You want to be the one that nobody's that nobody has. So mm -hmm. that's important. No, I love it. Yeah, I, I think you're a very stylish guy and you definitely have a unique style. And I love to see guys just get dressed, you know, like everybody can be very cookie cutter and have the same Balmain jeans and the same Gucci belt. But to have like a swag and a style is very um, different. And I like that. I think that you you do a good job and you have a very unique style and you wear it well. 
I always, Thank you, ma'am. You're welcome. I always like, I will not always, let me retract that. Recently, I got a chance to talk to um, Zilla Valentine of Blogzilla. And we, I know Blogzilla. You know Blogzilla? He was, um, he was the first episode of this season. Shout out to um, Zilla. He was amazing. But um, we, we asked him, and I want to ask you as well, what is one thing that you know for certain? One thing that I know for certain that there's a lot of people that are full of it and there's a lot of people that are lazy and you will set yourself apart from everybody else if you are dependable, you're a man or woman of your word, and you rise above the pettiness and the BS and you continue to be consistent and you work hard while everybody is sleeping. I love it. I love it. Scoop. Tell, plug everything, the the Scoopy Radio, where they can find you, the website. Plug all of your stuff because they need to find you. Well, if you want to find more information on me, you can visit my website at scoopb.com. That's S-C-O-O-P, letter B, dot com. Um, you can check all my work. I'm the managing editor and columnist at Respect Magazine. Uh, Respect Magazine has anything from entertainment, hip-hop, sports, uh, lifestyle, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but then also you can check out my podcast, Scoop B Radio. You can search and subscribe to Scoop B Radio uh, on iTunes. If you subscribe, make sure you rate and comment. And you can also subscribe to Scoop B Radio on iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn app, Stitcher app, or simply visit ScoopBRadio.com. We've had anybody from DJ Khaled to uh, Too Short to Kenny the Jet Smith, Charles Barkley, um, you name it, you name it. We've had it and, uh, you know, 2 million downloads last year and, Make sure uh, you also check out my Scoopy uh, apparel. You can, uh, over at Wooter Apparel, uh, use the promo code SNOOP, S-N-O-O-P. And if you, you go over there, you save 20% off your first purchase. So get you a hoodie, get you a T-shirt. And I feel like the Muslims selling bean pies, the, the, the final call, and some oil and incense in, in my back trunk. But more than anything, if you... If you if you continue to support the movement, you'll be blessing somebody who looks like you. I appreciate the opportunity to be on your show. And thank you for letting me plug everything. Oh, my gosh. Thank you so much, Scoop. This has been amazing. I can't thank you enough for just taking the time out of your busy schedule to come jump on the mic with me and just chat. And um, this has been an amazing interview for all of you out there. Please at, do what he said. Go out and support, support, support. You know how we do my little sweetheart army. Y'all go out there and you support Scoop B because that's what we do. We need to uplift and, and support one another. Make sure you follow me on all my social media that's at little miss ent l-i-l-m-i-s-s-e-n-t check out the website for content it's candacedavisonline.com as always i love you guys for listening because 100 you didn't have to have a great week peace scoop b radio Hey everyone, it's Jen and Jess from the beauty podcast, Fat Mascara, here to talk about Sol de Janeiro. So many of the beauty experts we interview on our show say that the key to great skin is to treat every inch of your body with the same attention you give your face. One of our favorite ways to do that is with Sol de Janeiro's Beige Flor Elastic Cream, a rich body cream that's clinically proven to boost collagen and has been shown to improve skin crepiness on the chest in just two weeks. Plus, it's scented with Sol de Janeiro's Charosta 68 fragrance. Sol de Janeiro is offering you 10% off your first order on soldejanero.com and free shipping with the code ACAST10. That's S-O 
O-L-D-E-J-A-N-E-I-R-O, soldejanero.com, and use the code ACAST10 for 10% off. Hi, this is Bachelor Clues from Game of Roses, of course, and I want to talk about Club Med. Everybody knows Club Med has been the pioneer of the all-inclusive resort since 1950 with almost 70 resorts worldwide, ranging from beachside destinations in the Caribbean and Mexico to exotic locations like the Maldives and Morocco, or even the mountain destinations like Japan and the European Alps. Dine on delicious gourmet cuisine, enjoy more than 20 activities, and make memories with your family. For more information, visit clubmed.us or call 1-800-CLUB-MED or your travel advisor.